0: Welcome to Biblical Insights, I'm your host Pat Fisk, this is where God's Word is proclaimed and we are definitely unashamed. We tackle issues that are trying to steer our culture away from God. As we watch TV, whether it's the news or one of our favorite shows, the goal it appears is to not just entertain us anymore, but the goal is to indoctrinate us. God's Word is clear, the Christian voice is being silenced, or so they wish. Tolerance is no longer tolerable. It's time to take a stand and be the voice we're meant to have. Sit down, buckle up. It's gonna get bumpy, so hold on, let's go. hey welcome to biblical insights my name is pat fisk and i will be your host again this week uh wait a second i'm your host every week so anyways uh, we are going to continue uh our study on spiritual growth and what does it mean different aspects like six or seven part series on spiritual growth as we become believers uh What does it look like to grow spiritually, to be more Christ-like, to be a disciple of Christ? Uh, I've struggled throughout my life in this area, trying to find that balance between obsession on one aspect uh, or one something, uh, I was obsessed with Islam. Why is Islam so, uh, why was it so evil in a sense? Because of the the doctrines within Islam, within the Quran, so I obsessed on that. My question was: after nine eleven happened, my question was why? Why did it happen? Uh, why did it need to happen? Uh, <clears throat> within their writings, uh, what made them do what they did? So, discipleship is just that. It's it's you are trying to mimic christ you are trying to do everything to be like christ and that's takes a lot of different areas not just bible study but it's your character Uh, there's a lot of different aspects when it comes to uh, discipleship well it's the same thing with uh, spiritual growth when you become a believer when you first become a believer you're saved and you're in indwelt with the Holy Spirit. So you're able to discern spiritual matters uh, within the context of, of the Bible. And I say religion, but I don't mean uh, religion, but it's more of a relationship. So understanding God's word. So you are more in tune with, like I said, spiritual matters. So part of discipleship is just that is is growing spiritually and i think they go hand in hand you could probably say they're both the same because the whole idea is to become christ-like and the only way we can is if we grow uh spiritually so we've looked at so far we've looked at a couple different aspects of it uh one is that it's a choice that you can't haphazardly uh grow spiritually. It's something that you have to personally make a choice, make a decision that you're going to grow in Christ. And what does that look like? Uh, one, it's you're, you're commanded by God to grow in Christ. It requires an effort uh, on our part uh, to crack the book, <clears throat> excuse me, to crack the book open uh, to actually read what is God saying in his word, to understand it, what is Jesus commanding, uh, what are the disciples, what are the, the gospels, what are they telling us to do, what are they saying, uh, so with us, we have to look at these different aspects of that God's commanded it, uh, God requires that, that it takes this effort, uh, or tells us, or we see that it, it takes this effort on our part to grow spiritually. Uh, but we're also assisted. So we're not left out, hung out to dry. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. So, of course, he's going to be there with us uh, wholeheartedly, 100%, to just be just that. He's going to be our guide. I mean, he told the disciples that uh, he is the comforter. Well, Jesus told that he was going to leave the comforter to help us bring back to recollection at recollection everything that Jesus taught, so a we're not alone. And Jesus even said, "You are not alone. I will be with you always." So a we're commanded to be or commanded to grow spiritually. We're required or what it's required to uh, have an effort on our part. Not like I said, not haphazardly like I, I've done for years, but it's it's a set pattern that we need to put forth and say, hey, I'm going to get to know the creator of the universe. Uh, We're assisted by God. We're not left out, left hanging. We're going to be helped. Uh, We also looked at the spiritual growth is often hindered by low self-esteem, especially I addressed this last week as far as how are we looking at ourselves how our, what's our self-perception, how do we view ourselves, uh, do we view ourselves in the lenses of, uh, how God views us as part of his workmanship, do we see ourselves through, uh, our peers and how they see us, so, and where do we put more, uh, more value or more, uh, on what does the our peer say or what does god say about us how does god see us is that something that we need to be constantly uh battling back and forth no we shouldn't it should be obvious right off the bat that we should see ourselves in the light of how christ sees us and we are beautifully and wonderfully made in his image uh we see it in our culture right now it's not just an anti or it's not just a uh non-believing attacking us this is a very intentional attack on christianity and believers in our culture today and so we're we're seeing these attacks so of course people who aren't grounded in god's word uh and who are not growing spiritually are going to succumb to these attacks and it's going to definitely hinder our growth when it comes to, uh, getting to know and growing spiritually and, and becoming more Christ-like. Uh, we see so many things in our culture today that is absolutely horrendous. Uh, you, you can't get on social media without seeing soft pornography, uh, just thrown in your face and these people don't care and you think that you're strong enough to withstand uh the devil but a lot of people are are weak and they're not spiritually grounded in in god's word so it's gonna chip away at that growth process not only stunting it, stopping it, but maybe even reversing it a little bit and and kind of changing this, this view on the Bible and God's word where it's an in, inerrant, I believe the, the Bible is inerrant, it is without error and documented proof that it is without error. So are we allowing these outside forces and influences to affect how we see ourselves in Christ. Uh, we watched a show uh, Escaping Polygamy out in Colorado City and Hilldale, which is in Utah, Arizona border, uh, where the FLDS, the Fundamentalist uh, Latter-day Saints, the polygamists live there, and also other orders within uh, Utah that are still active right now. These polygamist groups are still active and the control that they have is absolutely atrocious. It's evil, and it obviously comes from the pits of hell. So, but I guess my point when bringing that up—that's yeah, on a personal note—where how does it self or how does it affect your your self esteem when it comes to spiritual growth? Uh, because these 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 individuals. I can't even say these gentlemen because they're not, they're evil perpetrators of just absolute pure evil on these young girls and these men. Uh, what they do, it affects it it just tears them down to nothing. There is no value in their life whatsoever unless it's given to them by these wicked leaders in these cults. So when they're coming out, they are so brainwashed and how they view themselves that it is it's, it's scary that it, it can happen in the first place. How can someone succumb to that kind of abuse and not see uh, Warren and Jeffs, uh, leader of the FLDS in uh, Colorado City, w- in prison for having sex with minors, 12 and 14 year olds? Well, he's in prison for life. But he's still ruling that. And they, they these people are so been so brainwashed on how they view themselves that they believe these come. they don't believe any of these truths. There's ever since he's been in prison, uh there's been decades that he's he's been in prison for quite a while. I remember this. This is back in two thousand uh, six, seven, something like that, that he was put in prison and he's been in prison in life. He's in prison for life but he's come up with these decrees that there's no marriage. So no one can marry. There's no marriage whatsoever. If you're already married, you're already married, but there's no new marriages going on, uh, which is good within a polygamous community. That's good. Uh, so that's one good thing about it. But the other thing is, is, is the people that are married, they can't hold hands. They can't show any affection. Why? Because this individual, uh, this evil gentleman named Warren Jeffs, uh, is in prison since he can't get anything except for Bubba, his next door neighbor in prison. He's not going to allow it. And these people are buying into it and they're believing this. It is absolutely sick and disgusting. But then we sit back and like, how, how can someone get out of that? Well, there's groups. There's groups of people that are actually helping these people get out of this. And, but I guess I'm going off a little bit for a couple of minutes, but as far as the self-esteem and how they see themselves and they're just, they're, they're pieces of meat to be used, uh, male and female. And it's, it's sad. Uh, so we need to grow and, and see ourselves in the light of how Christ sees us. And then but yeah, not too many Christians see themselves, they, they sell, or not a lot of them, actually, sorry, a lot of them sell themselves short because they don't view themselves capable of the, of of attaining these higher levels of spiritual growth. They they, they don't see themselves, they, they are looking at themselves on how someone else is telling them. And they don't look any farther than that. So not believing in their God-given capabilities of, Being able to grow, uh, they're prone to making excuses for not trying, and they're not growing in the slightest. Yet, because God commands us to grow, we need to have a stronger faith that we can grow. So we need to sit back and say, you know what? God's word says this. I don't care what that man or that woman or that individual says. My Bible and and my Savior says that I need to grow spiritually, and God gives me the wisdom and the knowledge on how to grow spiritually. That means getting into his word, okay? And that's what we need to do. But what should our goals? So today we're going to be talking about, and, and probably going, I'm not going to go real long today, but we'll be talking about the goals for spiritual growth. What do those look like? I'm, I'm the kind of person, when I study the Bible, I just don't grab my book and open it and say. I like a formal way of studying like I study like in my library right here. I wish I could show you. I have my thing is is looking at Jesus in the Old Testament. Hebrew, the original Jesus was a Jew. Oh, wait a second, news flash. Jesus was a Jew. So it makes sense for us to understand the Jewish aspect of our Christian faith. I am not talking about this Hebrew roots movement that, oh, you've got to go back and do all the festivals. Yeah, study the festivals. I don't have a problem with that. Okay. But it should not be commanded. I think it, you know what? I'm on the on the fence saying that I think we, we should. We don't have to, but I think we should study our founding or our, our, where we came from. Because like Frank Turek said, 75% of Christians, when they go off to college, uh, these secular, evil, indoctrination stations, when they go out to there, they lose their faith within the first year. Why? Because they don't know why they believe what they believe. They're not grounded in the word. They're not spiritually growing before they go. So they don't have a foundation. So let's look at our Christian faith. Our Christian faith has a foundation. Hey, Jesus was a Jew. Does it make sense that we should understand a little bit about it? Absolutely. I truly believe that we need to understand a little bit more about our our Jewish forefathers and how they portrayed uh, Jesus in the first century. And I'm not talking about like the Sadducees and stuff like that. I'm talking about our Christian fourth part, understanding the Jewish context, our first century Jewish context of the Bible. Because guess what? The Bible was wrote in first century. So doesn't it make sense to kind of understand the context of when it was wrote? I think so. Argue with me if you want, okay? Send me an email, uh, post a comment on Facebook or post a comment on YouTube because I'm I'm more than open to discuss the matter. But if Jesus was quoting the Old Testament and Jesus is found in the Old Testament, and Jesus spoke in the first century. Doesn't it make sense to understand a little bit about the first century Jewish culture? Absolutely. The Bible wasn't wrote, and these men didn't who wrote the Bible didn't live. They weren't Christians, okay? When they're writing, they were just a, a completed section of Judaism. They accepted Jesus as their Jewish Messiah. So it makes sense to understand a little bit more about Jewish culture at that time. So, but what should our goals be regarding spiritual growth? What should we, or what are we to strive for or making a diligent effort? We need to, by what measurement can we determine what spiritual growth is taking place? So that makes sense. So study in, how do we like put goalposts, markers, And how do we determine our spiritual growth? Are there certain markers we should look for? So, but with any venture, having goals and attaining them is essential to success. So it doesn't matter in your personal life, in your job, we have to set some kind of goals. You have an end goal. Okay, what's our end goal? We're going to talk about it. Our end goal should be, number one, is to imitate imitate Christ and to be more Christ-like. Okay, that should be our end goal, but we need to get there somehow. So how do we do that? An athlete makes, uh, or excels when here, see, excuse me, here, she sets goals and attains them. Okay. I want to do the 40, uh, 40 yard dash in X amount of seconds. Okay. Well then you're going to train, you're going to train, you're going to train until you reach that goal. Okay. Next. What's my next goal. My next goal uh, as a bodybuilder, I want to be able to bench press X amount of fill in the blank. How many, how much weight, uh, but we need to set these small goals. You can't just go, oh, I want to be able to bench press 500 pounds and go for 500 pounds. No, you start off small. Start off at 100, start off in 125. And the and as you're able to do that, you make your increments more and more and more until you reach that goal that you've set for yourself. So it just makes absolute sense to set small little goals, okay? The athlete excels, obviously, when they set goals. So does a, a businessman. They also set Goals for themselves. I want to make X amount of contacts this month. I want to sell X amount of cars this month. I want to make so many people, uh, whatever, fill in the blank, whatever that business person is doing, setting these goals is the only way you're going to achieve your final end goal. So, so it is with us as Christians. We need to set, we must have goals and a measurable way of attaining them. So today I want to offer some thoughts uh, in this regard. say first the Christian excuse me, first for the Christian, there needs to be what I would call behavioral goals. So our ultimate goal, obviously like I said, is to be like Christ. okay Jesus imitated uh, such in in talking about his uh, discipleship. A disciple here turn to Luke, excuse me, Luke chapter six and let's see, chapter six, verse forty. Uh, if you can still hear me. So we're gonna look at Luke chapter six, verse forty, and it says a disciple a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. So if we are to be imitating him, then we need to become more obviously like him. Uh, Turn with me to Matthew, uh, was it Matthew 28? We're going to look at 19 and 20. So Matthew 28, you guys know this very well, Matthew 28 verse 19 and 20. Uh, So read with me right here, Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20, and it says, therefore, so go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So let's go one more, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, amen men so so what's he telling us to do okay a we're going to go to all nations okay baptizing them in the name of the father son and the holy spirit that's what we're told to do okay we're also told in verse 20 where it says teaching them to observe all things so what are we supposed to do wants us to teach we're supposed to be once we learn these things so i i recommend that you find somebody that's if you're not if you're a new believer congrats. Okay. But you've just begun. You haven't even started the venture that started this journey that could take a lifetime. and It will take a lifetime. This is not something that's just like, boom, done. I made it. I'm here. No. Okay. It takes a lifetime to become Christ-like because we fall short every single day. Okay. It's a reality. Okay. We're going to fall short every single day we're, we're gonna mess up if, if you're trying to say that you don't sin you haven't sinned okay what about your thoughts okay we all fall short so this is a goal that you need to constantly be trying to achieve make a goal every single day what to observe all things that's a good goal to have okay as you're reading god's word okay Observe all things. If Jesus is telling us to do something, we need to jump in and say, Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna do this. Okay. I want to do this and I'm gonna observe exactly what Jesus tells us. So whatever we're learning, and if we we're in a discipleship program, so whoever your mentor is and he's recommending these things to you to to do these certain things, well, you know what I'd recommend? I'd recommend doing them. Okay. Because he's been there, done that. He's got it, he's got the t shirt. So it makes sense to go ahead and do as he's done. If he's spiritually grounded in his in the Word, uh, and he's solid, then, or she, sorry, if she's also solid, then I would listen to him and follow the promptings, test everything. God's Word says it, even my pastor. Hey, Pastor Phil Fernandez, Trinity Bible Fellowship, located here in Bremerton, Washington. Uh, we meet at 1023 6th Street in Bremerton, 10 a.m., Sorry, that's a shameful plug for my church, but you know what? God's word is definitely proclaimed every single week. So I highly recommend it. If you don't have a church home, I would love to have you. Uh, come join, be part of our church. If you can't, then I would go online, uh, sermonaudio.com forward slash IBD uh, and watch us live uh, Sunday mornings at I. Click it on about 1040 every morning. So anyways, love to have you. Go to uh, sermonado.com forward slash IBD and find a lot of his teachings. You'll love it, okay? But like I was saying, with him being my mentor, I, I listen to what he says when, I, when we do our discussions and we do our Bible studies and stuff. I, you have to listen to your mentor because he's been there before. Okay, so two, Paul made it clear that this is the goal of our redemption. God's desire is to be conformed to the image of his son. Romans. So let's look at Romans, uh what's it Romans 8:29. Romans 8:29. I love the book of Romans. I used to be intimidated by the book of Romans, uh but not so much anymore. Starting to read tr- really trying to focus on uh chapter 9 and 10. Uh really like chapters 9 and 10. Chapter 9. Uh, obviously, we're starting talking about like predestination and foreknowledge. Uh, I'm not a Calvinist. Uh, I'm more of a, uh, I lean more towards Arminianism, meaning that we have, I believe in free will, but I also believe that you can't lose your salvation. Uh, I believe it is something that once we are saved, that Christ is going to finish, God's going to finish the work that he started in us from being justified, sanctified, and glorified. It's a complete process. So once he started, he's going to complete it. So just a little plug right there. So uh, Romans 8, verse 29, okay? For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And here's a verse I was was telling you about uh, right here. Moreover, whom he predestined, he also called. Whom he called, he also justified. And whom he justified, he also glorified. Okay, this is not talking about I predestined you as a, a Calvinistic standpoint, but look at the word whom he for New. let me click over quick. So let's take a look at that. Let's break this down real quick. So whom he foreknew. Okay. So look at it as a, uh, as a parade. So God is outside of time, time, space, and matter. Okay. So you have a parade. You've got the beginning of the parade. You've got the end of the parade. And right here within time is where we are. Okay. So we're making our free will choices throughout our lifespan, this timetable. God's outside of time and space. He can see the beginning of the universe, and he can see the end of it, okay? So as we're making choices, he knows because he can see the entire thing. He knows the choices that we're going to make. So he says right here that whom he foreknew because he knew these were going to happen because he can see the beginning and the end. He's not making these things happen, per se. Uh, obviously, the things that we're doing glorifies him or can be God uses it to glorify him. So, but for what I'm talking about, so for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be what? To be conformed to the image of his son. And that's my focus. Right now, we we're talking about being conformed to the image of, of his son. So that means to be more Christ-like, and that's what we're told to do, and that's what we're doing, is just that, to be more Christ-like. And then whom he called, he also justified. Based on what? Based on his foreknowledge that he predestined us to be conformed to his son. So whom he called, okay, because he knew our choices that we were going to make, or knew, okay, He justified, meaning what? We came to faith, okay? We came to faith. He justified is based on what? Based on Christ, what he did on the cross. So he, we are justified not on our own righteousness, not on anything that we did at all. Zero, absolute zilch, nothing that we did as far as works, okay? All based on what Christ did on the cross. That's what I'm talking about christ did on the cross we are justified through christ and whom he justified through christ he also glorified so So it's, it's a process so once you've been uh conformed to his image it's a complete process so we need to be conformed to his image okay as we're being transformed into his image uh, of Christ, let's look at another one. All right, come on. Let me go back a little bit. So let me, what is this? I want to make sure we're still going. There it is. All right, so Second Corinthians. Sorry about that a little glitch here for a second. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. So let's look at uh, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as the Spirit just as by the spirit of the Lord. So we're looking at it. So just as like we're looking into the mirror, we're being transformed. Being transformed into what? Being transformed into the image of Christ. Okay, so you're starting to see this picture. This whole thing about discipleship is that. Discipleship and spiritual growth is to be conformed into the image of Christ, to be more Christ-like. We are to be renewed according to the image of the spirit or image of Christ. So we're to, we're to be renewed, okay? Baptism is uh we're the death, burial, and resurrection. That's what it represents, the death, okay? We died to Christ, boom, we go under the water, we're buried with Christ. We come up out of the water, we are raised with Christ, a new creation, so we are being renewed, right? And that is uh, Colossians 3, 10, and 11. So an essential element of spiritual growth is to become more Christ-like. That is so essential. And, but how do we do that? We crack open his book and we learn more about him, okay? Renewing our behavior to conform to the example of Jesus Christ. Do as Christ said, okay? These are some of the examples that, I mean, these are the ultimate examples of what we're supposed to be doing every single day, okay? Do we all fall short? Yeah, especially me. So we fall short big time. So, this also involves growing in the knowledge of Christ, which Peter commanded us. So, let's look at uh, Peter, was it 1st Peter or 2nd Peter? So, let's look at uh, 2nd Peter, and it's going to be 318. So, 2nd Peter 318. Is that what it is? Yes. So, 2nd Peter 318. So 2 Peter 3, 18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. Grow in the grace and knowledge. Okay. Not just academic, excuse me, academic or academic knowledge. Okay. Sorry about that. But personal knowledge through character development. So let's go back uh, let's go back to same thing, Second Peter, let's go to verse 1, and Second Peter verse 1, let's go to verse 5, but also, transition, but also for this very reason, excuse me, giving all diligence, add to your faith, what, virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, Perseverance, perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Okay? And then verse 8. For this, for if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of Christ. So we're supposed to have uh giving all diligence adding to your faith virtue to be virtuous okay knowledge okay self-control perseverance godliness brotherly kindness love okay if we do all these these things things, what okay these are character developments when it comes to spiritual growth to learn to be uh to have perseverance have self-control to have love for one another, to gain knowledge of Christ. That's what we're supposed to do. How do you get to know your loved ones? You you learn about them, okay? It's not just something, it's in your head. No, we've got to learn about them, take the effort, ask questions, read about them or whatever. And especially with when it comes to God, we're supposed to read about Him. We're supposed to know his word, study his word. Because you know what? Someday we're not gonna have his word, okay? What's the possibility? What if we go to prison, okay? We don't have a Bible. Okay, That's why we're supposed to hide it in our hearts so we not, might not sin against them. So these are the things that we need to gather upon ourselves uh, for the reason of spiritual growth. So it is also, it is with the development of such of these different graces that we are truly fruitful in the knowledge of Christ. So if we're truly fruitful, meaning, if we can see these and we put the self-control, perseverance, godliness, uh, brotherly kindness and stuff like that. If we put all this stuff to action, we're going to see those fruits. Okay. We're going to see these things in action and that is going to enable us to grow spiritually because if we have to, if it just can't become second nature to persevere in things or to have self-control, to have love towards another uh, one another, these are things that are building our, our character which is godly spiritual growth. So it tells us to do this and we can measure it and we can see that. Maybe someone cut us off. We used to like get all grumpy and stuff. Well, maybe you don't want a little bit of self control where you don't get so grumpy anymore. And we can, that is something that's measurable that we can see that uh, having patience, having uh, just more love, understanding towards one another. So these are best personified in Jesus Christ. Uh, The more we grow in them, the more we truly know and understand our Lord and Savior. So the more we start growing in these different aspects of of what what we're talking about, spiritual growth, the more we start seeing ourselves becoming Christ-like. And that is a measurable thing that we can see going towards our goal. Okay. The challenge of reaching our behavioral goals. Okay. It requires, like I said, diligent effort. We have to train ourselves. We have to obviously, uh, work on it. It's not simple. So let's look at, uh, again, let's look at second Peter. So second Peter, what is it? Verse one uh, chapter one, I want to go to verse five. And I think I was just there. Uh, yeah, five. And then look at verse 10. Okay. We'll go to verse 10. Therefore, <clears throat> excuse me. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election. Sure. For it, <clears throat> for if you do these things, you will never stumble. Okay you will never stumble. So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to be diligent, make an effort every single day, constantly make an effort to be more Christ-like. That, these are the things that we're supposed to do all the time. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, it, requ- it requires a sustained effort. These are things that, when we're trying to make these things count, self-control, perseverance, brotherly kindness, godliness. These are things that we need to constantly work at and sustain these. uh, Every single day, make an effort to try to achieve these. And as we're making these efforts, it's going to be easier and easier and easier. Just like building a habit. How do you build a habit? You do it for 30 days in a row and you put your keys away in a certain spot. You do everything for 30 days in a row, exactly the same, you're going to develop a habit. What if we pick up the Bible every single day for 30 days and see what happens, okay? You're going to develop that habit. You're going to miss out. Oh, okay. Usually every Friday, I do a podcast and I, I, I do a message every Friday. Well, I missed it just because it's Thanksgiving weekend. I missed it. So I wanted to get it out right now. Uh, but these are something that we need to not only be diligent in doing it, but we have to be, have a sustained effort in achieving this goal. So so as we've stressed before, such growth does not come naturally. Okay. It's not like, uh, our physical growth as the more you eat, the more you physically grow. Okay. That's just natural. Okay. But growing spiritually does not come natural. If we're not, uh, careful, we, we may revert back to a former, conduct that we we're trying to behavior that we're trying to get away from uh and get back into that old character so we need to once we've started this goal we need to keep this goal going keep this study going keep this learning and this knowledge going because it's it could get really ugly and it can get really ugly quick so we need to be super super careful to make sure that we're staying focused and staying on point when it comes to spiritual growth, creating that, that weekly, that daily habit. If we're meeting with someone, uh, meet with them weekly or whatever, or if we're just studying, we study, uh, every single day set a time, uh, and try to stick with it. Okay. And try it for 30 days. Stick with it, starting December 1st or whatever, starting today, start with something and try to do it for 30 days and do it every single day. Try to do it for the same time uh, and for the same uh, length of time. See what happens. So true spiritual growth demands a renewal of the mind and of the character. We saw that in Romans 12 verses 1 and 2, in which the goal is to become like our teacher, Jesus Christ but as members of the body, the church, there are goals to attain. So I'm going to pause right there. I'm going to uh, probably come back and finish this tomorrow night. Uh, So what we're going to look at is functional goals. So we've looked at uh, reaching our behavioral goals. We've looked at uh, growing in the knowledge of Christ. So now we're going to look at, and we're going to look at it tomorrow. We're going to look at Uh, our our functional goals. So the church is a body with many members. Okay. What is our goal? What is our role within the church body to help attain spiritual, excuse me, spiritual growth? So uh, with that, I want to wish you God bless. And I will, uh, I think I'll see you tomorrow night. I will definitely see you tomorrow night. Peace. God bless. Welcome to Biblical Insights, I'm your host Pat Fisk, this is where God's Word is proclaimed and we are definitely unashamed. We tackle issues that are trying to steer our culture away from God. As we watch TV, whether it's the news or one of our favorite shows, the goal it appears is to not just entertain us anymore, but the goal is to indoctrinate us. God's Word is clear, the Christian voice is being silenced, or so they wish tolerance is no longer tolerable it's time to take a stand and be the voice we're meant to have sit down buckle up it's gonna get bumpy so hold on let's go